Today's daf is daf Lamed. We start actually ahead on the Mishnah and daf Lamed near the bottom of the page. And we are now moving on to the Kohen Gadol actually on Yom Kippur. Um, so it's daybreak and we know Shechita is going to be coming up but the first thing they did is they had him go to the mikvah. Okay, we, we were told as a general reason people would go to the mikvah after, um, after uh, defecating and they would wash their hands and feet after urinating but we don't yet know why the Kohen Gadol is going to the mikvah the morning of Yom Kippur. So let's take a look at the next Mishnah on Lamed. So again, as I've been pointing out, we're constantly referring, as we try to move forward in talking about the Kohen Gadol, we're constantly stepping back and referring to what would be the normal um, case, in, in, you know, in the normal way the Mikdash would operate. So now we say as well, a person cannot enter into the Azara, the courtyard, right, which is Sharnik Nur, which is where even, you know, Yisrael could go. We're not talking yet into the Heichal, the covered building, the open courtyard where the Mizbech was. A person cannot enter into that space um, to do the service, even if you're pure. You have to do a ritual immersion before you enter into that space. Okay, and that's presumably why the Kohen Gadol, who has been spending the week becoming Tahor, does a ritual immersion in the morning as well. Um, five immersions and ten washing of the hands and feet. The Kohen Gadol immerses and is Mekadesh and sanctifies the hand and feet on that day. So he does, basically goes to the mikvah five times on Yom Kippur and washes his hands and feet ten times. Each time he goes to the mikvah, he washes his hands and feet before and after. And we will spell out exactly when that is and why that is in the Gemara. Um, the Kul and the Kodesh, all of them were done in the Azara, Al Beit HaParva, um, on the top of the Beit HaParva, which we had learned before, um, was the... Um, you are one of the rooms in which the Kohen Gadol was there, um, you know, being sort of prepared. Chutz Mizobilvad, with the exception of the first one, because the, why, why did, was the first one not done in the Azara? Because in order to enter the other, I have to do one. Right, exactly. Thank you very much. The <laughs> 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 just, just making sure everyone is paying attention. All right. They they spread they 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 spread a linen curtain like they held up, you know, spread vertically a, a, a linen curtain to separate between him and the people. Um, and then there's a question: What did he do? Presumably, then he went to the mikvah. But the next line is he walked. He shed a if that's in the Girsah, we'll see about that. But they spread a curtain. So presumably, where he was going in the mikvah was somehow visible. Um, we'll see it was on the rooftop, and it was somehow visible, so they had to protect his privacy, so they held up a curtain while he was going to the mikvah. Okay, Shalulif ben Zoma. They asked ben Zoma, Tvila Zolam, what is the purpose for this Tvila? Now, not the Tvila of the Kohen Gadol. Again, we're still in the context of the regular year. But the Tvila of, that a normal person would do when, when he would enter into the Azara. Amalahem, so he said to them, because look it says very often by Yom Kippur now it's going to be interesting because now Yom Kippur we're always sort of talking about the regular year and they would do which of those components would they do also on Yom Kippur but here we're working in the reverse we're going to use the Avod of Yom Kippur and what the Torah describes as the Avod of Yom Kippur to teach me a rule for the rest of the year and what is the Torah described by Yom Kippur very often in Achrei 
Kadosh, which describes what Aaron does, it says, right, um, it says, Rachat Bamayim as Pesaro, Ulevesham, Rachat Bamayim, that he constantly refers to him immersing himself and putting, and putting on the garment. And we're going to see that the basic rule is that we learn from the Psukim is that every time he switches from the work, the avodah, the service he is doing in the inner sanctum, in the heichal, right, the covered space, the space that has the shulchan and the menorah, that's where he wears the garments of only white linen, the four simple garments of white linen. When he does the avodah on the outside, he's wearing the garments of gold. It's also not just where he's doing it, but also what type of avodah. Is it the unique avodah of Yom Kippur? Is it the regular avodah of the rest of the year? But there's, when he moves back from one to the other, one space to the other, and one avodah, to the other he switches from the white garments to the gold garments from the four garments to the eight and each time he does that switch he immerses himself so here Ben Zoma is going to say a kavachomer if you're going to immerse yourself when you're already in the Azara when you're just switching from one sanctified space to another sanctified space um, and you've already immersed yourself before and you still have to immerse yourself so how much more so when you are making a transition from outside the Mikdash into the Mikdash that it requires a tivila. From a sanctified space to a sanctified space. From a place in which you get karate if you enter in when you are kameh. Like uh, the Azara or the, or the Heichal. Um, to another space which has the same consequences. All of those cases, you have to immerse yourself. If you're switching from unsanctified space to sanctified space, and from space that you do not get karate for if you are tamay, to space that you do get karate for, how much more so would you have to be, would you have to immerse yourself? So he said, we learn it out from what goes on by the Kohen Gadol, that a transition from one space to another, you know, and all the more so from Chol to Kodesh, demands Tivila. Of course, we don't learn everything out from the Kohen Gadol, because in the normal year, if a Kohen had to go from the Azara into the Heichal, or the Heichal to the Azara, he would not do a Tivila, right? So this idea of within the Mikdash, changing of spaces does a Tivila, is not something we generally apply, but certainly to minimally learn out from that, that the transition into it, that the idea of moving into a space it requires something of a tzvilah one minute Rebbe Hudomir Rebbe Huda says Srach this is really some remnant of a tefillah, some vestige. I mean, that's not exactly the right word, but it means it's not really a demanded tefillah. It's just a pseudo tefillah. Maybe again, that's not the precise word. Because if you go to the mikvah, right, when you go to the mikvah, what's the thing you immediately think about? You think about, am I tamay? I'm going to the mikvah. Normally, it's in order to become pure. So it evokes that question of, am I tamay? And it makes you reflect more than just a question. We just say, one minute before you enter into the mikdash take a minute to think if you became tamay during the week nah it is okay fine go ahead but if we actually make you go into the mikvah you're going to stop and think about oh my gosh that's right I've got to be power one minute I actually touched something now sometimes a lot of things you did the mikvah will, will clear up except if actually you did touch something um, even after going to the mikvah you have to wait till nightfall so if you're going to the mikvah and you're like, oh my gosh, that's right, I did touch that sheriff. So then you're going to turn around and not go to the mikvah today. You have to wait till nightfall. And sometimes you remember some things that require seven days. 
he became a Zav, a woman was a Nida. So going to the mikvah is going to experientially make you sort of confront this question and think about, am I really Tahur? Am I really ready to go into the Mikdash? And that's why we do it, but it's really a rabbinic concern. It is not really required. And again, not only is it not really required, it does, if you were Tameh, it wouldn't fully solve the problem because you would not be fully Tahur then, even after going into the mikvah, until nightfall. So one is doing it more for a ritual purpose and the other is for srach Tumah. Neither are doing it for a real Tumah because then it would not really solve the problem. I want to just point out that this to some degree parallels the whole question of the seven day preparation that the Kohen Gadol would do before, Yom, before, before you know, Yom Kippur. Does anybody remember the two basic reasons we gave for the seven day preparation? Either, uh, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> Either because we want uh, to give more of the Kohen Gadol right. or the Sinai model. Well, right. There's the Sinai model and then there's the model of the Miluim. Um, right, of the Miluim. So, uh, now, those are, neither of those are exactly the Tahara model. Both of those are certain prepar- preparation in a way. One is more preparation of the Avodah. The other is preparation of the encounter with God. And then there was a third thing that came up after that whole two framing, which all spoke about the seven Shilohs because, because you have to be Metaherim, right? And that's why you sprinkle on all the days because you want to do it Bismana, right? Remember all of that discussion. So there were those two models which are different forms of preparation. And then there was this like Srach Tuma model, maybe he's Tamei and let's do all this type of stuff. So interestingly, that then becomes a similar question about a normal person that enters the Mikdash. A normal person that enters the Mikdash, either something that sort of like prepares you for that event, a ritual tefillah, you're about to make that transition, right? Or, no, it's just the two Mantara types of concerns. We're not definitely Tamei, then we would actually act differently, but a way of being, being sensitive about that. So I think that's quite fascinating that this almost one moment of tefillah parallels two basic approaches to the Kohen Gadol's seven-day preparation as well. Okay, so that's where these two ways of reading it. Tosos, by the way, points out that if we assume it's biblical, if you look at Tosos, Uma Mishaneh ben Kodesh Kodesh, so it says, Temeli, Ikla Mifrach, Ma'alahatam Shekein Rotel Avod Avoda. By the Kohen Gadol, he's going to the Silo because he's about to do the Avod. He's not just moving into a space. Avotar and Yichnas Shalol Avod Aminayim. V'yeshlomar, Dehad Vadakav HaChomer, Ein El Betar and Yichnas Kedei La'avod. So Tosos wants to say, even assuming that there's this biblical model that you need to go to the mikvah before entering into the mikdash, that is only in order to do the avoda of entering into the mikdash, not just entering into the space of the mikdash. Okay, that would be rabbinic. The biblical idea would be doing the avoda. And again, these two approaches now parallel what Michael said. The two approaches of the Miluim versus Harsinai. The Harsinai idea of the Kohen Gadol was the just entering into that space, the encounter, the presence in that space. Whereas the Miluim model was preparing for the Avoda. So quite fascinatingly, you have all three possibilities that came up by the Kohen Gadol for the seven-day preparation that I think are implicitly being echoed here. It's a Tuma concern. It's a type of a ritual preparation to enter into the space, not a Tuma concern. And within there, you have two questions. Is it to enter into the space or to enter into the Avoda? So that's my little chiddush here, that these three things have a very nice parallel to the seven-day preparation. All right, so now let's take a look at the Gemara. Um, okay, view uh, first. The Mike Mifflegim. Now, what do they debate? It doesn't really mean what do they debate. It means what would be a practical consequence of their debate. So the top of Lamed Amad Bet. The Achule Avoda Mifflegim. 
whether if you did not do the immersion, would the service be um, desecrated? Would you be, would, meaning, would you um, actually, would your avodas be, be invalidated if you did not do the immersion? Ben Zoma, Ben Zoma that learns it out from the Koin Gadol, so it's a real biblical demand and a ritual demand, Mechalavoda. So it would desecrate, from the word chulin, it would um, um, desecrate the avoda, it would invalidate the avoda. Rabbi Yehuda, lo Mechalavoda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, would not. So the Mar says, because that's only a rabbinic concern, just to make you remember. Ben Zoma, Mechalavoda, would it really, would really invalidate, desecrate the avoda, according to Ben Zoma, Vatani, we turn to Brisa, what would be if the Koin Gadol did not do one of his tefillahs. What would be the story then? Kohen Gadol Shalot Havavaloki Deish. If Kohen Gadol did not do a tefillah, did not wash his hands when he was supposed to. And we're talking they, about like even between later. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even the first yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of the avodas, which is exa- even the later ones, which, have, which were the model for this. From the white garments to the gold or vice versa or between different types of services, outer services and inner services. Whether the normal Kohen or whether a whether the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur or whether a normal Kohen I'm sorry. Um, now, that's if you did not do the tevila, the tevila when you are changing from your weekday clothes to your to your holy clothes, or you're not do the tevila when you are changing those, changing from the white to the gold, and so on. But yeah, but it's okay. Now, what's important to point out is shaloki shaloki so, um, actually, I think I put the period in the wrong place before. So, first was, period. Okay, so, who doesn't do the tvilas, the avodah is kasher. However, whether it's a coin gadol or a coin hedyot, that did not do the initial washing of hands in the beginning of the day, in that case, and you did the avodah, it is invalid. Because it's what's worth pointing out, yes, what's worth pointing out is with all of these tefillahs and all these washing of the hands, and we all discussed yesterday, you wash your hands because you urinate and all this, there is one act that is absolutely biblically required, and that is the kiddush adayim v'aglaim in the beginning of the day. The Torah says when it speaks about making the kiyor, right, vasita kiyor nechoshet, right, this labor, it says, Right? Yamusu. Is that the end of the post? Okay, thank you. So anyway, so there it says that if they're, when you're, what, that when you're, you know, you, you have to wash your hands before entering in or to the Oromoed or before doing the Avod and if you don't, you're Chayav Misa. So if you're Chayav Misa, obviously it's a pretty serious consequence and another Gemara learns out that if you didn't wash your hands at the beginning of the day, the Avod is invalid. So that's the one thing that everybody can agree is biblical, it's Chayav Misa, if you don't do it, the Avod is invalid. That's the washing of the hands of the That is not the need to go to the mikvah before you enter into the base of mikvah. That is not the need for the Kohen Gadol to go to the mikvah between the garments or to wash his hands between the garments. All of that is not the fundamental washing of the hands at the beginning of the day. So if you don't do that washing of hands, Chayav Misa and the Avod is invalid. So but if the Kohen Gadol fails to do the tevila between the garments or the washing of the hands between the garments, the Yevid is okay. And the argument therefore is, 
if you was Benzoma's model of any normal person who goes to the mikvah is, at the beginning of the day is learned from the coin Gadol then if that's true how can you say B'diyevit it's no good even the coin Gadol B'diyevit it's good if he did not do one of those yes and that means that the custom of Nagel Vassar is again Mikdash-centered so yes um, that's an interesting question so it's actually quite interesting and I, I hadn't thought to make this third connection but the exact two models here about why would you go into the mikvah at the beginning of the day there's a machlokas we've shown him what the basic reason is for the takana of washing your hands at the beginning of the day um, the, um, uh, the Rashba I believe is the one that says that it's well you know maybe in the middle of the night you I touch parts know. of your body and you have to have your hands clean for davening which parallels the srach tuma reason whereas the Rosh says no because the same way the Kohen would wash his hands to begin the avodah in the mikdash our avodah in the larger world begins at the day we wash our hands to begin our avodah Hashem in the larger world which is a very beautiful idea to think about that transference of the avodah that was done the ritual avodah in the mikdash how it now transfers to our activities in the larger world but that exactly parallels if you think about it the two explanations of why you, do, you would go to the mikvah, the, the mikvah before entering as well yeah, that's, but that's not, that's a separate reason. That's not part of the fundamental takano. Okay, that's not why they made the brach on the whole thing. Okay, um, so anyway, so thank you. That's very nice. All these three things line up. Anyway, so the Gemara says, look, even if Kohen Gadol is your model, when we're not talking about the basic washing of hands first thing before entering the Mikdash, even the Kohen Gadol model, the Diyavid, it's okay. So what difference is it going to make whether your model is the Kohen Gadol model or whether it's a Srach Tuma model? Okay, you can't say the Nafkamina is whether the Diyavid it's not good because clearly the Diyavid it would be okay. So the Gemara says, Ella, make him the Asei Kamifluke. So the first nafkamina is whether you've transgressed a biblical positive mitzvah, not a negative one, but a positive one. With Benzoma Kaibase, the Benzoma, the same way the coin Gadol, the Torah says you have to go to the mikvah when you're changing your clothes. And if he doesn't, he violated that demand in the Torah. So he violated the Torah demand. Maybe again, it doesn't impact the Avodah, but he violated the Torah demand. And with Rebbe Huda, saying, Rebbe Huda did not violate the Torah demand. Okay, so that doesn't really, you know, that's in terms of their, of their, of their sort of, uh, it's a Durabanam. So he violated a rabbinic command, a rabbinic requirement. Okay. So now the Gemara has not spelled out an actual practical nafkamina. It's only spelled out basically it's another way of saying according to one it's biblical, according to the other it's rabbinic. Okay, that's the basic difference it's said so far. We don't yet see a practical difference. But hold on, we're going to get to some practical differences. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Does Rabbi Yehuda really hold of this reason that the whole reason is because maybe you're Tameh and just to make you remember? Um, we turn to the Brisa. Mitzorah. Now, a Mitzorah went through a seven-day purification process, right? And then on the eighth, he saw on the seventh day, there was all this thing about the sprinkling and the whatever, and he goes to the mikvah and the whole thing on the seventh day. And that sort of finishes the purification process. The next morning, he goes, right, because he's a tool yom. I mean, he doesn't fully become pure until that night of the seventh day. And then the next morning, he enters into the mikdash and he brings a korban and that completely finishes it. And any person, by the way, you have to bring a korban at the end of a purification process, like a zava is another example and so on. A, a zav, that, that day of bringing the korban, until he brings it, he's called the chusar kipurim, lacking the full atonement or the fullest full purification. So he's seven, on the seventh day, he does this purification process. He goes to the mitzvah. At the night, he's a tul yom. Now it's the night. He's no longer a tul yom. He, but he's mechusar kippurin. He brings his korban on day eight, and then he's fully pure. Okay, now let's talk. So now he comes to the, to the mitzvah on day eight. Does he have to go to the mitzvah the morning of day eight? 
What do you guys say? Oh, well, that's a good question because he would have gone in that the biggest night. He's been spending the last seven days becoming Torah. So does he have to? Maybe it depends on Rebbe Yehuda and Ben Zoma. According to Ben Zoma, anybody has to. I don't care how Torah you are. It's a ritual requirement before the Mikdash. But according to Rebbe Yehuda, right, if it's only in order to make you remember that you might have been Tameh, uh, hey, I've been working seven days of becoming Torah. I don't need an extra reminder. And I just went to the Mikdash yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't need an extra yeah, thing to remind me. Food, All right, well, let's take a look. Uh, let's let one minute. Let's take a look. Okay, so the says like this. Natali was on Brisa. Mitzorah shetovah v'omeh b'shar niknur. The Mitzorah in the morning of the eighth goes to the mikvah and then stands in the gate of niknur, which is the gate of entering into the azara. He doesn't yet enter the azara because he's mechuser kipurim, but he has to be standing there because one of the things that's done with a sacrifice is blood that's put on his thumbs, so he has to stick his thumbs in, but he himself is not allowed to enter it. What? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, so Rabbi Yudomir He doesn't have to go to the mikvah. Shekfar tavol nidar if he did it the night before. Now, what, now the Gemara is saying, so you see, Rabbi Huda doesn't require you to go to the mikvah. Now, of course, that's a crazy question, because he, he does require you to go to the mikvah. The only reason here he doesn't is because you took care of it beforehand. And that's exactly consistent with his reason. His whole reason is, you don't always, re- it's not a strict requirement, it's to make you remember that you might be Tameh, so here it's not necessary. So the Gemara says that. So the Gemara says, who can it any time though? What do you mean he doesn't require it there? That's because of the reason he says. Shikvar Tavol Mibarev. He went to the Mikvah they brought. Actually, that exactly fits Rabbi Yehuda's reason. That it's not a strict ritual requirement, and therefore, since you already went the day before, you don't have to go now. So the Gemara says, it's a Ka'arile, my Ka'arile. So yeah, that's a good point. What were you even thinking to ask a question from there? Is anything that completely supports, that's completely consistent with Rabbi Yehuda's position. So the Gemara says, Mishum Because really that was just a lead up to another question which we had again about the Mitzorahim, which was a problem for Rabbi Yehuda. And we'll see what that is in a minute. Charlie, you had a question? Yeah, when the when coin goes to Mikvah um, in the morning, can they do it before dawn? Um, that's a good question. It doesn't sound like it because it sounds like they waited for, you know, for the Rakai and then, and then they took him to the mikvah. And, um, again, you want to sort of go to the mikvah in the immediate context of entering in. And since the whole avoda begins in the day, it sounded like, no, you have to wait till the morning. Dukhaare is the Lashon of No, um, no, um, Rashi seems to say the word Mish Oseik, you know, what, Mishnah Zoo, right? Lamanit asik. The fact that you were involved in this, like kikare, like if a chance, I'm not exactly sure what the etymology is. Why were you even dealing with this question? What were you thinking about to be dealing with this? Uh, so the the aleph there, the aleph there was the vowel. I think yeah, you have to judge gastro. I don't know the etymology. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Anybody who wants to, any Israel who wants to enter the mikdash has to go to the mikvah. Okay. So, let's say that's exactly it. It's not limited to a Kohen doing the Avoda. Okay, so let's take a look. Right? Now, of course, it's gets to Tosis's point, because if you're learning it from the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, you might think, no, it is about a Kohen doing the Avoda. It's not just about a normal person just stepping in. So that's why Tosis says, yeah, okay, maybe biblically, based on the Kohen Gadol, it would be based on Avoda, but at least rabbinically, we would extend it to anybody who goes in, and again, we would make it a formal ritual requirement. Okay, so let's take a look. Uh, okay, so we, that was really a lead up to the next question. Here's the next question. Um, you might remember this because we quoted this Mishnah before when we had all that discussion of the, how the layout of the base of Mikdash. So there was the chamber of the Mitzoras. 
Shisham Mitzorim Tovlim. That's where the Mitzorahs would go to the Mikvah. Because that's consistent with the idea that a Mitzorah would always go to the Mikvah on day 8. Reb Yehuda Omer, Lo Mitzorim Bilvad Amru, Ela Kol Adam. Not only Mitzorim, but any person would use it to go to the Mikvah. That's fine, because we learned before that people go to the Mikvah, and everybody goes to the Mikvah. So what's the question? The question is that he says, not only Mitzorim. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, what do you mean not only Mitzorayim? Meaning Mitzorayim would go. But why would Mitzorayim have to go to the mikvah? Didn't they go the day before? And according to him, if that should be enough because the whole point is to remember you were Tamei. So you might have been Tamei. In that room? No, because, yeah, so the Gemara is going to actually suggest that. But let's take a look. Good, good, good try. So the Gemara says, okay, so lo kasha. Ha de tavio, ha de lo tavio. So the 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 mitzvahs would go in that mikvah if they hadn't gone to the mikvah the day before, like yeah, right? Okay, so you hadn't gone. So then they would go into that room. But if you'd gone the day before, you wouldn't. The Gemara says one minute. First of all, if you're really still tameh, you didn't go on day seven to the mikvah, then and you're going there. So that room. So even though that room is, is you know you know is in the har habayis, it's not in whatever uh, you know. It's not in um, you know. It's not in the Azara itself, but nevertheless, you know, you're still Tameh, and even after you go to the mikvah, you still need it to be nightfall. So how can you be, how can you be there without having gone to the mikvah the day before? You have to go to the mikvah the day before, wait for it to be nightfall, and only as a Mechusar Kippurim can you enter into Har Bayas, right? Because you remember... Okay, right, here's your Mikdash, right? Here's your Ezra Snashim with one of these is the Lishkat Mitzorahim, right? It's all on Har Habayas, okay? And this is your Azara, right? And this is your, and this is your Vehecha, okay? So the Kohen Gadol would be moving from Vehecha to the Azara back and forth. The Pesach says you wash your hand when you come to the, when you're one of the, when you, when you're, when you're coming to the Mizbeah, the Sharet, or when you're entering into the Omoe, which would be the Hecha, okay? And this would be the Ezra Snashim which only had the sanctity of Harabayas, but rabbinically it had more sanctity. Okay? So if you are a Mechusar Kippurim, this is the Mitzorah on day 8, you're allowed to stand here and stick your fingers in, but basically you can't go into here. Okay? But a Mechusar Kippurim, somebody who has has not yet brought his korban, can go here to the Ezra Snashim, I hope so, because he's got to bring his korban. So he might not be able to step in, but he's allowed here. That you're allowed. Okay? But if you're a Tvul Yom, Somebody who's gone to the mikvah, but it's not yet night for fall, you're allowed on her bias, but you are not allowed in the Azrak Nashim. Okay? That's so that's rabbinic. So if you've gone to the mikvah, if this guy on day seven has gone to the mikvah, okay, he can't even get into the Ezra, he can't, so not there until they... No, 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 no. <laughs> Tuliyom, no. If you're not even a Tuliyom, if you're really coming, then you certainly can't go. Okay, so you can't even even a What? You can't go on you can't go on Tul right, even on our bias. No, Tul Yom, if you're already Tahor, then you don't become a Tul Yom by going to the Mitzvah. Mitzvah is that you go into the Mitzvah and you're not yet Tahor. So what basically the Gemara is saying is that the only way this Mitzvah can get up here to use this room is if he went to the Mitzvah on day 7, and now it's day 8 and he's no longer a Tul Yom. Then he's allowed then he's allowed here, okay? But if he hasn't gone to the mikvah yesterday, there's no way he's getting here. He started on his tummy, and even after going to the mikvah, he remains a tful yom. The tful yom is not allowed in that space, okay? So that's what the Gemara says. You cannot say he didn't go to the mikvah the day before, okay? 
Right, and that's why we try to make them do these extra things in order to make sure that they're on their toes. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Okay. Um, okay. Ella, Idolo Tavio, Her Shemeshpai. If he didn't go to the Mikra yet, he needs to go to the Mikra, wait for it to be nightfall before he can get into the, uh, into the Ezra Snarshan. Ella, Ayyivai, Dijitavio. Fine, he went to the Mikra yesterday. So, again, why would Rebbe Huda demand to go to the mikvah again today? Since, according to him, it's not a strict requirement of every person. It's really, it's not sort of a, a, an absolute ritual requirement just to make you remember. And, obviously, this guy went the day before. So, so what's the case where Rebbe Huda said that Metzoras would go to the mikvah? So, the Gemara says, um, If he was, you know, he, he allowed his mind to wander, he wasn't being careful after day seven. Day seven, he went to the mikvah. Very nice. What happened between going to the mikvah day seven and showing up in the mikdash day eight? Were you keeping on your toes? Were you focusing on remaining tahor because you knew you were going to come to the mikdash? Then you don't have to go to the mikdash. All right. So, right. It's a good question. But presumably, let's say he was careful about the things around him. It's not touching like dirty places. It's touching tumor. Okay. All right. That must be what we concerned. So if you kept on your toes from day seven till now, you don't need to go to the mikvah. If you weren't keeping on your toes, then you have to go to the mikvah again. Okay, so that's a very reasonable answer. So the says, if he stopped paying attention to becoming Tommy or not, he'd have to go, maybe he touched a mace. Maybe, so then he'd, he'd have to go through the, he'd have to do sprinkling on day three and seven. So you can't just go to the mikvah. Somebody isn't paying attention to what they're touching before they enter the mikdash. They have to do a whole seven-day preparation process. So basically, it would be like everybody. So that's a crazy thing. Like now, you, you're like we know. You know, you we've learned before about people that like the chaver that would be ochachul in the Torah. Right. So this effectively creates the system that there's this huge barrier between entering the mikdash unless you're spending every single day. Unless you're spending every single day paying attention hyper-attention to what you're doing and whether you're becoming Tamei, you need to be a seven-day prep. For most normal people, there would have to be a seven-day preparation period before entering into the Mikdash, which again, interestingly, like the seven days of the Kohen Gadol. Okay? So, but that, but, uh, but that case creates a seven-day barrier for most people. Look at Tosus, by the way. Tosus says, how about a guy that touched a dead uh, a, a, a carcass of an animal? So what do we say? Go to the mikvah, come to the mikdash the next day. Mm-hmm. So it says, why doesn't he have to wait for seven days? Yeah, I touched an Avela, but throughout that time, even after I was tummy, after touching an Avela, I was being careful that I, you know, focusing on at least not touching a dead body. So you basically, in order to come to the mikdash without needing a seven-day purification process, you have to say that since the last time, sort of, you know, that I was star or whatever, I have been consistently conscious of not coming in contact with a dead body at all times. Um, yeah, but then you wouldn't need a seven-day process, and you'd only go to have to go to the mikvah. Um, okay, so the Gemara says, um, Ella. So again, I don't know why I can't give the answer that there was a hesachadas from other tumors, but not a hesachadas from me. Yeah. Right, you could imagine that. Like, okay, I'm still staying careful that I'm not touching a mace, but maybe I'm not being careful about other things, you know? Anyway, the Gemara doesn't like that. That would seem to be a very reasonable answer. Yes, you went yesterday, but maybe you weren't on your toes. The Gemara rejects that. So what's the difference? When does Reb Yudah say a Mitzorah goes to the mikvah on day eight? When not? So the Gemara says like this. Um, 
Ella, I divided the Fine. Neither of those did you stop paying attention because then you'd have to do a seven-day period. So why do would he have to go to the mitzvah again on day eight? The low kasha had the tavla das bias mikdash had the low tavla das bias mikdash. When he went because when he went on day seven, was he thinking, ah, I'm going to the mikvah now, and I'm I know that tomorrow I'm going to be entering into the base of mikvah, or was he careful. not? Because he's going to be more careful, right? If the whole point is is that it makes you stop and reflect and think, did I t- become tummy in any other way? Because this mitzvah, maybe he also touched the corpse of an animal, maybe there's a lot other tumors or whatever. So if he went to the mikvah, maybe he touched a dead body, right? If he went to the mikvah knowing he was going to enter the mikdash, that counts. That's then help. That works for the tefillah before the mikdash. That'll make him remember. If he wasn't thinking about it, then it doesn't count. Let's, say, a guy, let's say according to Rabbi Yehuda, a guy shows up at the mikdash and says, yeah, yesterday I went to the mikvah because uh, I go to, I'm, 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 I'm a chassid, I go to the mikvah every morning. Would Rabbi Yehuda say, fine, you don't have to go? No. What you do outside of the mikdash does not create that sense of awareness and heightened focus that going to the mikvah in the process of entering the mikdash will do. So therefore, he was Tovel on day seven, but if you you were Tovel with the mindset that you're going to be entering the Mikdash tomorrow, then that'll count. But if you didn't with that mindset, then you'll do it again when you come to the Mikdash today on day eight. But then you need to be then if you're right. No, 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 no. You're careful not to touch Tuma, but you weren't paying attention to the fact that you were going to enter the Mikdash tomorrow. Right, that makes a difference because the going if you're focusing on not touching Tumah we're not afraid you touch the mace but if you do not if, if, if you're going to the mikvah with not with the mindset of entering the mikdash it won't help you remember things that might have occurred in the past but that's not Hesachadah no that's not Hesachadah yes it doesn't look when it usually when it goes to the mikvah on the seventh day does he have to go to the mikdash yes so the question is are you thinking about it at the time and are you thinking about, oh yes, I'm going to the mikdash, uh, yes, and, and you know, and this will be, and I have to get ready because tomorrow I'm going into the mikdash. It might not be necessarily, I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he actually needs to, look, you could also say formally in order to label this the tefillah before the mikdash, he has to be thinking this is the tefillah that's going to let me go into the mikdash. That's a more formal explanation. That in order to label it as that one, he has to be specifically, consciously identifying it as that. Let's move on. I got, we got, I, I've got to end at a quarter after, so let's move on. Okay. Okay, um, so that's one answer. One answer is, yes, it could work the day before, but only if that's in your mindset. The Ebi say, and if you want, Tani, when Rabbi Yehuda says that Mitzoraim, not only Mitzoraim went, which implies Mitzoraim did go, which was a question, so it just switched the gears a little bit. Tani, lo Mitzoraim amru, no, Mitzoraim didn't go there, ela koadam, other, you know, normal people went there. So just take out the word bilvad. Take out the word bilvad. So Michael says, so why is it called Lishkas Mitzoraim? So it could be that so this says maybe initially it was made for the Mitzvah. Well, according to Rebuter, why was it even initially have been made for that? Maybe he denies the idea that it wasn't called Lishkas Mitzvah. We've had those types of debates before. Okay? So the second answer is he completely rejected. But now we have a napkin between the two models. According to Ben Zoma, I don't care if you went yesterday. Everybody goes on the day. As we learned from the Kohen Gadol, you go before you enter. And according to Rebuter, that it's about making you sort of be aware about what's going on. It's possible if you went the day before and we're keeping that in your mind mindset that you were going to go to the mitzvah that that could count and that's the issue of the mitzvah and that's why he might deny that a mitzvah goes to the mikvah on day 8 in the mikdash okay or maybe it depends what he was thinking the day before 
Okay, so now let's take a look. Ravina, Amarav Yehuda, was the Ram Durabun and Kamran Lehu. And here's another variation of that answer. He's responding back to the rabbi position. Lizidi, as far as I'm concerned, Mitzorah ain't Sarech Tzila. Mitzorah would not even go on day eight, and Mitzorahs would not use this room. Lizidhu, according to you, that, that a Mitzorah would go on day eight, fine, I get why the Mitzorahs use this room. But only the easy meal, at least admit to me, the Lomitorah and Bilvadam that it's not limited to Mitzorah, email a Koladam, that any person goes into this room, okay? So, basically, fine, when he said not only Mitzorah, it's another way of saying he didn't mean it. For him, Mitzorah wouldn't go. But he's saying normal people have to go use the mikvah as well. Vrabanan, and the rabbis would say back, Mitzorah daish betumah. A Mitzorah is like trampling through tumah. A Mitzorah is immersed in tumah. So he, we will make go into the room, because here he, he, we are afraid that even on day eight, you know, he needs another reminder. Koladam lo daish betumah. A normal person does not trample through tumah, which means that according to this Gemara, this Gemara seems to present, although there's a little debate of Rashi and Tosvos, a, a third radical opinion that there's a Rabbanim that deny that um, you normally have to go to the mikvah before, enter, before entering into the mikdash. Right. They say the only people that would use this mikvah would be the mitzvah. Yes, he went there before. He has to go again. He's completely in a whole state of Tumah. We don't know. He, he, needs, he needs to be reminded. Okay, but a normal person does not need to go. If you, you know, we trust that you became Tahor, that you thought it through, that you, if you're here, you know that you're Tahor, and we, there's not a ritual demand that everybody go the day before. So the only people who would go to the mikvah, use the mikvah in that space, would be Mitzoraim. So now we have three opinions. One is Benzoma that every person has to do it based on the Kohen Gaza. The other is Reb Yehuda. Do it to remind you that you might be Tamei and therefore it's possible if you did it the day before it's okay. And the Rabbanon here who argue on Reb Yehuda that seems to say that actually only Mitzvahs have to do it. Normal people don't have to do it. Obviously they have to be taller but they don't have to go to the Mitzvah the day before. Okay? Tosa strives to... The Mitzvah a week ago when you were okay yeah, exactly. Obviously, you have to be power, but you don't have to go the day before. Okay, so that's a radical third opinion. So, Amalei Abayel Rav Yosef. So, Abayel said to Rav Yosef, Name a Rabbanan to plead Galei Rav Yehuda to Menzomet Let's say the rabbis that argue on Rav Yehuda hold, that argue on, on Rav Yehuda and say that, um, and say that, now Rashi says we're going back to the earlier ones where the question was where the rabbi said that a Mitzorah goes on day eight um, everybody, including Mitzorah, goes on day eight, and uh, and Rabbi Yehuda said, no, Mitzorah doesn't have to go. He went the day before. So, what would be the reason for the idea that the Mitzorah would go again on day eight? So maybe that's because they hold like Benzoma, and therefore everybody goes on when they enter in the Hadiktani Mitzorah. And the fact that they said a Mitzorah goes on day eight, lo dicho kolcha de Rabbi Yehuda to tell you the Kiddush that according to Rabbi Yehuda, Mitzorah doesn't go on day eight. But really, when the rabbi said that the Mitzorah goes on day eight. They really, they really don't mean to deny that everybody goes. Of course everybody goes. Like Benzoma, everybody goes the day before. It's just also the Mitzorah. And to contrast it to Rabbi Yehuda, who says the Mitzorah doesn't go because he went the day before. Oh, Dioma, or do we say, Shani Mitzorah to Daesh Betumah. Maybe like we just said before, like we just said, that the rabbis actually are saying that nobody goes the day before, on, uh, on, when they come to the Mikdash. The only person that goes is the Mitzorah. And Amarleh, Shani Mitzorah to Daesh Betumah. Yes, they're saying the more radical point that the only person who goes is a Mitzorah because he's immersed in Tumah. So the Gemara tries to pull back. The Gemara tries to say when the rabbis say the Mitzorahim go, 
but not necessarily denying that a normal person goes. Okay? Is everybody with me? Right? We have the rabbis that say Mitzorah goes on day eight. What do they think about a normal person? So, so now we're trying to say, you know, maybe they all like Ben Zoma. Everybody goes the day they enter, including a Mitzorah. They're not Dafka Mitzorah. Okay? And then we would only have two opinions. One opinion, everybody goes when they enter. And the other is, you go to remind you, so maybe a Mitzorah doesn't. But the Gemara says, no, I'm gonna, we're going to say there's a third opinion here that what the rabbis are actually saying is that normal people do not go. The only person that goes to the mikvah before entering is the mitzvah. Okay? Or somebody's going to do an avodah, right? Well, we'll see about that. Why the Kohen Gadol does it. Okay? We'll get to that according to, the, according to that issue. But a normal person does not go. Only the mitzvah who was immersed in tumor prior to this period. And therefore, we have really three opinions. And we will continue with this tomorrow.